0: Emil Franzi's Voices of the West Dedicated to the principle that America Was better off when our TV shows Featured cowboys instead of lawyers
1: Well howdy once again It's Harry Alexander, Bunker de France And Todd Roberts with another edition Of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West Fellas, afternoon Afternoon,
2: you know, coming in, I saw a hootie owl out there. Yeah, and he was getting into the Halloween spirit. He was. was yeah, he? he went. Ooh, ooh. And I said,
1: "Me, <laughs> me." It, oh is no. hallo- it is Halloween. It is Halloween weekend. It's going to be that kind of show. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's our movie Saturday show, and we're going to get to the movies in just a moment here. But first, uh, some housekeeping stuff to talk about.
2: Okay, well, this here coming weekend, that's November 5th and 6th, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. each day, down at the Empire Ranch, they're going to be having their annual Cowboy Festival. Uh, it's located off of Scenic Highway 83 on Empire Ranch Road. Runs about three miles back in, paved all the way to the, to the gate. Uh, it would be fun for the whole family, western music and entertainment. History and culture demonstrations. There'll be ranch life exhibits, 45-minute trail rides, or maybe one or two of those. Kid activities, skilled artisans, and speakers. Silent auction and food. There'll be an ATM available there, just in case you didn't bring enough or you just or you don't want to spend what's in your pocket. <laughs> uh, I'll be doing cowboy conversations with Gene and Marty Freeze, and there'll be other stuff. in History. There'll be rope braiding. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, There's a $20 donation per vehicle requested, and I want to stress it's donation. Uh, the Empire Ranch is a 501c3 nonprofit, so anything that comes in will uh, go to the maintaining and upkeep of the ranch and the buildings, and also uh, any new projects and stuff that need to be done.
1: Uh, and also, happening next Saturday, the 5th of November at 1 p.m., at the Mescal movie set, uh, it is Forry e. J. Smith. He plays uh, Lloyd Pierce in the uh, television program Yellowstone. He'll be down there. He's a popular. A yeah, he's a popular cowboy, rodeo rider, stunt man, and actor, of course. And uh, why is he going to Mescal? Well, it's the place that started his film career. Find out more at mescalmovieset.com. And also, happening at the mescal movie set, yeah. historical tours get back underway in November. And also, Red Wolverton Day is happening at the mescal movie set. I believe that's November 12th. Is that a, that's a week that's a, uh, No, that's a Saturday. That's a Saturday. Uh, and so, Bless you. Uh, Well, let me just click on the thing here and find see what it tells me. It's not telling me anything. Anyway, go to com to find out all the information about those things. There you go. All right. So now, what are we doing, Mr. DeFrance? Well,
2: you know, it's so funny. It's coming out here, there was a new slash. Yeah. Seems like that famous German doctor that we know of from all the monster movies. Yeah. He has built a new monster. He has? That's right. And, in fact, for one of the body parts, he's used a, pi- a piano. Really? Yes. He calls it the Frankensteinway monster.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. We'll be here all week.
0: <laughs> Don't forget to tip now. your matrices. Now this is we do shoe shows on Sundays. Yeah,
1: right. now, shoe shows or two shows. Two shows, two shows. I like on
0: Saturday shows. we do one Saturday a, matinee, month, a yes. shoe
1: show. A, a shoe matinee, show. yes, <laughs> where we soft shoe off into the into the sunset. And we, and we'll we shuffle and off to, have, to Buffalo.
2: If we have big sales, we'll do a midnight show. You know. But you know, speaking of midnight, yeah, you know we have. This is going to be vo- Franzi Voices of the West first. Yep. Today, we are going to do Chapter 1 of the House of Haunted Henchmen. And we're all going to participate in this. Uh, just to give you a little premise behind it. Uh, <laughs> because henchmen sometimes get in trouble. And they have to lay low. Well, Charlie King, being a very enterprising henchman, has found himself an old Victorian house up in Skull Canyon, uh-huh. hidden away, and nobody knows about it. Uh-huh. So what happens is that they are now, when a henchman gets too hot, they fake his death, and they go up to the haunted house okay. and hide out. And this is the premise. Now, Todd is going to be play one of the... Uh, henchman. He is the hunchback henchman uh, who has had his tongue cut out by the other henchman because he was not reliable.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's great. You're,
2: I love it. He's in character already. And uh, the reason they cut his tongue out was because they kept sending him down to the saloon uh to bring back a bucket of beer uh-huh. and he always come back with a half empty bucket and he kept telling them that other guys were trying to drink his beer. They don't believe him so they cut out his tongue. <laughs> now just to cut through to the to the end in the cliffhanger of this episode, uh, all of the henchmen that have been hiding out up there have gone down to the bunkhouse uh, not excuse me, not to the bunkhouse, from the bunkhouse down to the bathhouse. Okay. And they're down there bathing. And, of course, at the end, anybody knows at the end that two of them are going to get in an argument, uh-huh. and they're going to have a towel-fight showdown. <laughs> well, Charlie all of a sudden realizes that he has not sent any towels down to the bathhouse, uh-huh. so his job is to send Todd down there with the towels. Uh-huh. The problem is he hopes that he'll get there with more than half the towels, and that is the cliffhanger for today's episode.
1: And tune in again next Saturday for... The exciting adventures of the house on haunted the, <laughs> the, the haunted house
2: of haunted cowboys, or what? What is the name of this episode? Uh, a, the house of haunted, of haunted hens. tell them again, Todd. We, we, they, so they get it. <laughs> That's right. Excellent. What, what he said. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? We're going. To, we're going to nominate Todd for best performance by my hair lip, uh, hunchback,
1: Hinchman. Name, oh, name her. At this theater next week. Yes. And other theaters never. <laughs> All right. On to movie Saturday. Uh, it's been billed as uh, Aussie westerns from the land of Down Under. They make westerns down there. Uh, some pretty good ones, as a matter of fact. As a
2: matter of fact, they did. in fact, you know, it's so interesting that I didn't know this just doing my research, and also because I was checking up on Todd, I found out that he he knows how to ride Australian style.
1: And I'm afraid to ask what well, that is. Well, it's down under. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Todd. All right, <laughs> All right. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, okay, let's, let's get into this thing here, Westerns are uh, meant to be the most American of film genres. So it's surprising to see how many other countries have made them. You've got spaghetti westerns from Italy and Spain, charo westerns from Mexico, sauerkraut westerns from Germany, Indo Westerns, which is from India, and those are kind of like uh, Bollywood Westerns. You have martial arts Westerns from China. You have Red Westerns, which are Eastern Bloc, which are pretty much communism about how the proletariat, the the pilgrim, is the hero and Mm -hmm. everybody else is bad. And the Indians are the good guys and everybody else is bad. And then you have from Great Britain, the South African. And the roast beef westerns. And then we move into Australia. Now, this is interesting here, I think, anyway. uh, The Australian western, there's really a lot of uh, sub genres involved out there. Uh, They uh, involve the colonial melodramas uh, set on outback stations featuring unscrupulous farmers, heroic foremen, upper class twits, visiting (laughs) from England, of course, family secrets, and this is what I like. Feisty, horse-riding heroines, the squatter-daughter uh, archetype. And these were almost always strong female starring roles, often stronger than the men. Really? That's Australian for you. I mean, yeah. here you go. Now, there were also known as meat pie westerns and kangaroo westerns, and even sometimes bushranger films, and a subgenre is the northern. We call them westerns. They call them northern. Because in Australia, up in the northern part of the country, was where all of the big, in the early days all of the big stations, what we call ranches, they're, they call stations, and that's where they were. Okay. Now, then maybe you might want to talk about this on the story of the Kelly Gang
1: from 1906. Well, it it uh, according to the research I found, uh, and this is from a variety of places, it says that it is the first feature film made in the world. But it's done, you know that. Point can certainly be argued. Um, it came out in 1906, And uh, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. The uh, the, the this, this particular website here, FilmLink.com.au, and their thing is 50 Meat by Westerns. Uh, they're they're saying that uh, uh, North Queensland in 1904 is the first bushranger short. And that belongs to Bush Bush Ranging in North Queensland, made in 1904. Uh, And again, as you talked about, Bunker, it talks about um, Australian history as opposed to copying the American stories. But they still have basically the same elements of film in their westerns that we have in our westerns. Mm -hmm. So uh, that one, uh, the, the story of the Kelly Gang see it was says here it was adapted from an australian stage play based on an australian historical event and uh, featured many traditions and tropes that are grounded in more grounded more in australian than american literary traditions for example the miscarriage of justice protestant catholic sectarianism class warfare feisty squatters daughters etc 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 and I have not seen it. I imagine it is available on uh, uh, the YouTube. Actually, I think you can find it at the um, Internet Archive, at archive.org. You can find uh, amount. Uh, most of it's been lost, but what's been restored, you can find it at archive.org. And uh, uh, just look for the story of the Kelly Gang. Yeah,
2: You know, one of the interesting it. things is there's like 24 existing minutes originally uh i think it ran 70 minutes uh-huh. and of the 24 minutes they say about uh 12 of them are really sharp and clear you can, and i and i saw a couple of pieces of that one looking at it and you know which just one of the things that so fascinating to me is you uh, cuz i also went beyond this i looked up some of the history of of the australian cowboy and the stuff like that uh-huh. and the parallels are so strong, and you know, it, because their cattle industry started almost the same time ours did. Right, and but one of the one of the really interesting parallels, and we don't we don't touch about it enough on American westerns, but the black cowboy. Made up at one time about half of the cowboys, the others being made up of Indian, Mexican, and then the Anglo. Mm-hmm. That changed over time. Mm-hmm. In in Australia, though, almost from the very beginning, the Aborigines uh, were the stockmen. They were the cowboys, and it was they made that adjustment. Just it's amazing because to them, it was a chance to be uh for prestige. They like to close. Uh, in fact they they for a long time they were kind of the style setter for the Australian uh cowboy outback. Really? Interesting. Yeah. And it, even today now the uh the if you look if you look the Australian they dress like like we used to dress here in the Southwest, you know, with snap button shirts, cowboy hat, mm-hmm. boots, whatnot. Uh, they still today. As, as you know, where now we look like a bunch of prunies from California, and we we lost our. I country. resemble right. that remark. Yeah, I saw that picture of you. Yes, yeah. we do. The shorts and the flip-flops, you know, with the with the Miami
1: Beach T-shirt. <laughs> well, one and you're close. Yeah, uh, one of the first, if maybe not the first, uh, Hollywood film set in Australia, uh, was the Bush Ranger from 1928. Starring Colonel Tim McCoy. Yeah. And uh, it, apparently it says here that uh, this MGM effort is about an English gentleman unjustly sentenced to Van Diemen's land who escapes and becomes a bushranger. And uh, Tim McCoy, we know, numerous westerns in the silence in the 30s. I saw some pictures of him. He looked great. Yeah. And uh, the thinking is that uh, this particular setting came out maybe... Out of a desire to vary the formula just a bit, don't know if the film is available, but if it is, uh, probably an Internet archive if you can find it.
2: And just for a geographical <coughs> reference, Van Diemen's Island is Tasmania, ah. and it was considered one of the worst penal colonies in the colonies in the world. Well,
1: all of Australia was a penal colony to begin <laughs> yeah, with. at one
2: time, yeah. yeah. You either had to be posted there, which was punishment, or be a criminal because you stole a loaf of bread or you were Irish, and then they sent you there.
1: They, it didn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, if you're Irish, you're already automatically,
2: <laughs> you're automatically your homestead status. Sir.
1: Well, before we continue on with any more of the history here, I think we're going to take a commercial break because okay. when we come back, I want to talk about a film that all three of us have seen and uh, thoroughly enjoy uh, and find out if indeed that is indeed a or find out, indeed and we're going to indeed find out if uh, that is a an Australian movie which one we'll find out after oh, this okay. break here on Emma yeah, Franzies Voices of the West stay tuned Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I'm Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at (laughs) voicesofthewest.net. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Oh, Right, listeners, you like westerns, right? I mean, you do listen to this program. So, you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which westerns you think are the best? I'm
0: always ready to back up whatever
1: I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five westerns. Tell us why you think those five were the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to best westerns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. You know, these Arizona cows are so different. Back in New York, we don't fight cows. We just milk them. (laughs) This is the Voices of the West. I, I reckon. I, I don't know. Welcome back to Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker of France, Tad Roberts with you. It's a Movie Saturday show. We're streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson. Beautiful day here in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Nice, uh, nice temperature. I milk
2: cow. I don't want to
1: fight <laughs> And speaking of uh, those... uh well, cows, best, not wars. I know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of those best Westerns, uh, the best Western contest, the entries are coming in fast and furious here. So uh, if you haven't got yours in, do so. I think in December we're going to start uh, having listeners on to talk about their favorite Westerns. All right. We're talking today about Aussie Westerns so from the land of Down Under. Now, there's a film that came out uh, recently the last 20, 30 years. Um, (laughs) That's recent in my mind. Um, And uh, it was made in Australia, I believe, quickly down under.
2: Oh, you're talking about the Holy Grail here.
1: Well, now, is that an Australian movie or is that an American movie made or set in Australia? Uh, Whatever you think uh, the answer might be, it's a damn good movie and just leave it at that. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, you know. See, that's that's story a, of Roy. This that that brings up an interesting thing because in the early days uh, in Australia, they were for an awful lot of copying what they saw in the American films, right. and there were American companies that went to Australia because funds were tied up and by by taxes, and the only way they could get the get the money out was to make a film. Now. Uh, England, the Ealing Films, they had a very large, they were making a, a good large portion of the Australian westerns. Okay. Peter Finch made several. Uh, it, was, it was, their industry was very strange. In fact, one of the funny things is that in the early days, they were doing the Bush Ranger films, you know, which started from the Ned Kelly things, mm-hmm. were very, very popular. And the government got worried. This is about 20 years in after Ned Kelly uh, that they were setting bad examples and they outlawed the making of bush ranger films. That's that's interesting, yeah. And and this is one of the inter- this is kind of interesting. The first bullet, uh, bush ranger film was done in 1904. It was called Bushranging in North Queensland. Uh, and this was before the Ned Kelly 06 right, film. Right, right. Talked about and that. And it yeah. just so, you know, and this is the thing too, you know. Maybe we need to explain the bush ranger because that they play such a major portion in so many of the films. Now, a bush ranger was not like a Texas ranger or an Arizona ranger. Bush rangers were basically uh... escape convicts uh... people that broke the law uh... or people that just fell on the foul side of the english constabulary because they were very very uh... draconian and so what happened was to survive and also to, to stay out of prison or jail they went to the bush and in the bush how do you make a living you're russian on steel. steal yep. and so the bush ranger was basically their outlaw and the gang that rode with the Bush Rangers were Bush Ranger henchmen. Okay. I, I didn't know that until just now. I made that up. Okay. But, <laughs> but that's it. You never
1: know. believe anything you hear on this show. Yes. <laughs> uh, it,
2: it,
0: it's, it's as honest Except as the Except that there the was drinking involved. Except that, yeah. uh,
1: yes, yeah, so yeah. you can guarantee that. <laughs> let's
2: let's flash forward a little bit. So you
1: the, didn't answer my question oh, about
2: Quigley. Oh, well, to me, Quigley, yes, it's both really. Okay. Uh, it got and here's the thing is Quigley goes back. The script is floating around since the early seventies. Wow. Different various various stars that were interested in it over time. Different directors were interested over time. Uh, and, and Todd can attest to this, there are so many great stories out there that are almost legendary in Hollywood for not being made. Mm. You know, J.P. 100 the 100%. Hey, I would there, like right?
0: to mention, though, that the great uh, Australian actor, David Goldpeep- Lil oh, yeah. who's an aboriginal actor. He died in 21. Uh, he was in a lot of great films. Uh, um, he is in this film. He is the, the old man who dresses up as Alan Rickman's butler. But there are many Australians in this film. It's shot in Australia as well. It's got an Australian director, Simon Winsor. And, um, you know, it's a very well made film. It yes. really is. And yes. and I think it, uh, um, and I loved when they had the scene when they bring all the people to this they're not called ranches in Australia they're called stations yeah and uh I always love the great story about LBJ when he went to Australia and he went to visit and um they they go uh they go out to a station and he's talking to them. Well, we got you know they're they're telling him, well you know Mr. President we've got some awful big uh we we don't call them ranches here we call them stations. We got some awful big stations. He goes we got some awful big state uh, ranches or stations in Texas. So oh, mighty big, mighty big, and they he says uh, they're driving along and he says. Um, well uh uh how big is uh how how big is yours what are some of the big ones you have in texas he goes well i got a friend that's got a a, uh one one ranch that's so many acres he tells him he goes really well we can fit that three times inside the one we're going to today (laughs) yeah and he just kind of stares at him like what do you mean so, uh, and, and I also say, talking about great stories, there's a great Australian biography, autobiography, it's called uh, Hell Bent and Crooked, and it's the story of a bushman, uh, an Australian cowboy, a drover, and his adventures, uh, living there and trying to scratch out a living, trying to scratch out um, survival in the bush, and so on, and dealing with the elements and the animals and and everything it's a great
2: book um, yeah you know that's it's 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 the the Bushman or the Aborigine plays such an important key role in the Australian film going all the way back unlike the way we uh, portrayed the American Indian even up till to today mm-hmm. uh, they they play you know David played so many he's won so many international awards for acting uh, yeah they just but the and but the, the roles they play are complicated intricate uh, major major sometimes you know to the point that the the euro roles Europeans are secondary to the Bushmen and they and they're oft, quite often understated so you don't realize until about halfway through the movie you're going shit, it's not about that guy there. It's about
1: it's about the little little guy up in front with the iron collar. So why did they make it so complicated? Uh, is they, there any it, particular reason for that? Because the American viewer, American moviegoer, is like, oh, I like that. Well, oh, it's know, got lots of frills. I like well, that.
2: Well, I, I think part of it was that when you look at Australian Westerns, uh, our Westerns have more of the... Dyne Novel, Buffalo Bill, uh... Matisse, you could come in behind it. The Australians, their westerns are almost almost uh, documentary it. Okay. Uh, in fact, you, you would love this. You look at their thing. look at their weapons in those things. Yes. I mean, you you know, you look you, you like the legend of Ned, uh... You know, something like, I'll get to him later. Ned, Ned but, Kelly. Uh, what, no, not Ned Kelly. This is a different guy. But... The weapons in there, the rifles and so, and you know, and people forget you know this is a period when England was supplying the world with weapons, and they had yeah. all different kinds of pistols and rifles it 's it, and the clothing and it's, it, you know, it's, it's like I told you it 's like you know uh, if John Ford had ever gone to Australia, he might not have come back, yeah hmm. because Australia is like one huge. Monument Valley, but it's got jungles and forests and grasslands. It's got barren deserts with yes. nothing. It's got seascapes. It's got scenery. In fact, there's a, an artist, I can't think of his name, but I was an Australian artist. He was their first uh, international aborigine artist to reach, you know, world-class uh, status. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at his work, and I'm going, God, that looks like New Mexico. I mean, so I'm now I'm going like picture, picture after picture. <laughs> yeah. And the only difference is every once in a while there's a big eucalyptus in there. Mm. You know, mm-hmm.
0: Well, and and the, the only difference is bunker with Australia is uh, there's just too many animals there mm-hmm. that want to kill you and can kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and spiders, the spiders and spiders and, and the snakes. snakes. Yeah, my God. We talk, it's a little bit wacky. Well,
1: yeah. When I was there, we talked with, uh, with Danny about that stuff, Todd. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, uh, and he okay. kept saying, <laughs> oh. "Well, you know, uh, yeah." one time I looked under the sink to get some Windex, and there was a brown, a brown recluse, you know, I, I or it. there was this little snake, and I it was, you know, about as big around as your pinky, but did will kill you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I thought to myself, "No, I uh, no, no, I don't, no, <laughs> well, I don't. Really? Why? What? No, we're leaving. Get on the plane not now. Say goodbye." Think, um, think I also wanted, this. would love to just mention that. The other great actor, in my opinion, Australian actor, is the great Jack Thompson, mm-hmm. who was in, of course, Man from Snowy River, and he was in... Um, just about everything. Uh, you know, he, he just is, at one time was... the 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 Brad Pitt of Australia, you know, but now he's kind of an elder statesman and he's um, he was in Mad Dog Moran uh, Morgan with Dennis Hopper, but he also played the judge in the midnight of Garden of in the mid, midnight in the Garden of Evil um, and so many other films he 's a very good actor yeah. uh, but you don't know he's Australian because he usually in those films he always has a southern
2: accent yeah. you know think about this. We, you know, we've got Oxbow incident. You know, the movie starts with the dog in the road, gets mm-hmm, up and goes off, mm-hmm. ends with the dog mm-hmm. walking back. In Australia, you've got a kangaroo walk, wobbling <laughs> through
1: or a wallaby or, you know. You know Animals it, it, that we have no idea what yes, they are. Yes.
2: And, and yeah. this, this is a, here's a little piece here for you now. Uh, let me see. Let me find it where I had it here. I had my finger on it and my finger moved here. Oh, here we go. Uh, back in 1920, there was a fellow named... Snowy Baker, and he was a he was an athlete, noted boxer and swimmer, and he became a big star. Very handsome, very you know tall, and he he's noted for a couple of pictures: the man from Kangaroo, the Jackaroo of Coolabong, the Shadow of the Lightning Ridge, and he was like one of the first big stars. But you were mentioning guys uh... and. Uh, Todd, I'm surprised you didn't mention Chips Rafferty. Well, of course this he was very the, big. He's the Gary Cooper of Australia.
0: Yeah. Uh, as the other one, I think we should mention is the is the great John uh, Me- uh, Malin, who was in Quigley Down Under, and he was in Crocodile Dundee, and he was in, you know, he's older in those films, but in his heyday in the '50s, and so forth. I'll be honest with you, fellas, My favorite, my favorite Australian film of all, is with Robert Mitchum in the Sundowners. Oh yes. yeah, And 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 Peter Ustinov, all shot in Australia. Yes, great film. And I also, Fritz I know it Zimmerman. sounds crazy, and I'm probably going to lose some friends, but you know, I like the Mick Jagger Ned Kelly film. I did too. You know, and one of the reasons is because. It was a lot freer. That production was a lot freer. It wasn't conf- as confined by Hollywood because it really was an Australian-British production. So there's, and and Jagger had a lot of weight back then, so he could do the film the way he wanted to do it. And I think it's very well made. Uh, and I remember when he comes out with that 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 metal helmet on, and you know to to fight the Australian, uh, well, the British police and so on. And it caused such a stir in the theater. People had never seen that before. Half the theater thought it was all phony. And the other half of the theater was just in awe, and it became a big thing. People kept talking about it. Hmm. Uh, and many for a while after the I saw the film, you'd be talking to people, and they'd be talking about, "Well, did you see that helmet?" And no one ever wore that helmet. And then somebody would say, "No, that was a real thing." He really, you know, yeah, they that was, yeah. Why wouldn't he be able to wear that? They were wearing that in the Middle Ages as knights on uh, knights right. on horseback. Yeah, you know, know your history, genius. Um, <laughs> Uh, I will also say that the Tracker with David Gulpilil uh, is an yes. excellent film. Um, you know, it takes place in the twenties in Australia, um, That's which a is, is a very film. interesting film because the good guys are bad guys. The traditional good guys are the bad guys, and the traditional bad guys are the good guys. Ah. And
2: David Gulpilil is the Tracker.
0: Yeah, you know, he is the Tracker, yes. and he's your hero, even though. You know no one in the film
2: appreciates him you know they're just using him. Oh, yeah. uh, Here's an interesting point in in that movie nobody has a name uh, David is called a tracker Gary sweet yeah. is the the fanatic that's the law yeah. officer uh, Damon Gamu is the follower he's the young, young enlisted man and Grant Page is the veteran and Noel Wilton is the fugitive the guy they're after
1: hmm interesting
2: All and right. also Paige was the stunt coordinator he was one of their top coordinators for years
1: alright we are talking about movies from down under on movie Saturday here on Amo Franci's Voices of the West we are streaming live to you from the White Stallion Ranch and we'll be back with the second half of the program after these messages stay tuned cattle you want rustled but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights you out there come one step nearer and old Bess here'll spit right in your eye so you need to strike your own deal but you need the right henchman to do the job the stage is hauling a wells fargo box loaded with gold you've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold but like henchmen to pull off the job what to do you better start packing a handgun call Rent-A-Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Rent-A-Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Rent-A-Hench,
2: I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench.
1: When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our Renna henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Poster, Harper's Weekly.
2: Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch, and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Renna hench to
1: sit there on your place and keep your whiskey Warm while you're gone. Red a when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Hello, I'm Travis Mills, and I made 12 Westerns in 12 months, and you're listening to Voices of the West. <laughs> John Abel Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker of France, and Todd Roberts with you. Uh, it's Movie Saturday. We're talking about uh, Aussie Westerns. And, and you know, it's funny. You, you, yeah. you,
2: you
1: pulled up the Travis word uh, there. Get close to that well, microphone you, you,
2: there. There. you pulled up the yeah. Travis word, yeah. and I was thinking, you know, the people that are making film today, I think he's co- probably closer to what the Australian films are like. Than anybody around really Interesting. yeah because he's got that same kind of style
1: well, that I, honesty and and directness well i'll tell you there's a there's a, a television series that you can find on the amazon streaming platform that is called the uh, called wild boys came out oh, yeah. in 2011 and it's set in australia in the 1860s the wild boys follows a gang of bush rangers as they stage hold-ups determined to keep ahead of the troopers or wind up at the end of a noose that was that was a pretty popular this, for a short while uh, i think there's only the one season of it on amazon i don't know how long the uh, show lasted otherwise episodes, yeah. but i'll tell you what um, th- this what struck me about this particular film is and I always look at the weapons mm-hmm. when I'm watching a cowboy movie, and and they this is 1860s and they're using cap and ball revolvers.
2: Like I was saying, they, you, they, you know? they
1: love that. And it shows them loading that cap and ball revolver. Yeah. yeah they got cartridges that they're using, but you still got to ram that yeah. thing home. And uh, the the rifles, they're muskets. Yeah. Uh, none, none of this repeating stuff. And they're not the, they're not the ones you see in every movie. No. No. And, and for me, I don't know if that. I don't think that makes me a purist. I, I don't know. But it, is, it makes you an aficionado yeah, of good weaponry and right. good filmmaking. Well, yeah, you know, you like to see that kind of thing in your movies. Uh, you know, that as realistic as you mm-hmm. possibly can get. I mean, you know. Um, yeah, it doesn't
2: take away from the bees that they got. Pistols that are twenty years yeah, ahead yeah, of their we, time. Yeah,
1: that's, it that's doesn't totally, matter because that's, that's, totally that's a different, different thing. thing. Yeah, totally, totally different. But when you watch a television series like this, I mean, it. it yeah. It, and I've watched a. a uh, I can't remember. Dead how Man's many. Gun was like that. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember how many episodes I've watched on this one, but uh, it, it's really a good television series. So if you've got the Amazon platform, I highly recommend that you uh, check it out called wild boys you know you're
2: talking about authenticity for a second i want to go back to the story of ned kelly gang you know 1906 right, right. when they made the movie the helmet and the body armor was the actual helmet and body armor that ned kelly uh... Wore. the government said here yeah, take it make make use it in your movie wow that's you know that tells you something yeah now here's something else now well, you know, we're talking about this, and it may be a lot of folks out there are scratching their head and saying, well, jeepers, I don't think I've ever, I've seen Quigley, but where do I start? If that? I want to recommend, them. this is a good starter movie for Australian westerns. It was called Australia. How original, right? <laughs> uh, 2008, uh, ran 165 minutes, uh, super 35, and it was an Australian, United States, and British production. Uh, Baz Lerman was the director. It starred Nicole Kidman as the widow. Hugh Jackman was the drover.
1: Both are Australian.
2: And, yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. And Jack Thompson. This is for uh, for Todd and Brian Brown. You don't get much more Australian than Brian, and he's in a couple of recent ones that are really good. David Gullopy, uh Brandon Waters. And I'm going to see because I can't pronounce his name, so I want to I want to pronounce it. David Nagu Mujara. Thanks, Al. Yes, yes, indeed. And the storyline basically it's a cattle drive. Uh, it's an old-fashioned romance. It's a tribute to an, to Australia, and it's about this British woman in 1939 who travels to australia to settle her dead husband's estate and stays on to make something of the barren ranch with the help of the drover which is jackman but what's interesting is and this is the thing that uh, some of the great australian westerns are based on was this was at the, just at the beginning of world war two and interesting the australians were really worried about the japanese invading especially up there in the north country because that's where all the cattle stations were and. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of head of cattle. You can feed a lot of soldiers with that, and so basically, what they did is they took and uh, did a cross-country cattle drive of about two-thirds of the country
1: uh, to, you know, all kinds of uh, situations and stuff. And uh, well, it's amazing that you speak about that because there's a movie. Uh, on this website, 50 Meat Pie Westerns, the Outlanders. Uh, filmlink.com. Yeah, The Outlanders, 1946. You guys mentioned Chip Ra- Chips Rafferty. Um, this, this one says Michael Balcon, head of Britain's Ealing Studios, sent out Harry Watt to Australia and told him to find an idea for a movie. Watt came up with a cracker based on a true story. It's a cattle drive in North Australia to escape the Japanese. And uh, the author goes on to say this is one of the best of the meat pie westerns. Mm-hmm. It takes the uh, a very American concept, the cattle drive, and grounds it in the local culture. Sure, there's stampedes and romance, but no outlaws and shootouts. And there's a Feisty Squatter's Daughter character yes. who is sensibly given a romance with uh, Peter Pagan uh, rather than Chip's Rafferty. And Peter is uh, one of the co-stars there. Um, and this film apparently made Rafferty a star. And the author wonders why this has not been remade. Um, I guess we got to see if we can find it first and uh, talk about more of it. Yeah. It's called the uh, The Overlanders. 1946.
2: I was while I was researching these guys, I was looking at the previews for these, some of these, Uh and clips and stuff. Because obviously, you know, as many as there are, if I don't stop and watch them, I'd only have about maybe three movies to talk about. But the opening shot in there is uh, it's the interior of the ranch house, and the rancher, Chips is tearing the house apart, wrecking things, Uh sets the house on fire, comes out, and they load up in a wagon. (laughs) That's how it starts. Okay. You know. (laughs) Well, everybody has a different
0: way of packing.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) You You know, I never never thought about that. That's a good idea next time I move. (laughs)
0: Let me throw another one uh, by David Gopiel, Charlie's Country. Uh, very good western uh, um, from that period of time and uh, i also there's a great peter finch one called robbery under arms from 1957 Uh, and you can always depend on finch to give a real straight performance he never phoned it in Um, he got best actor for um, uh, the uh, patty chayesky film network in 75 And uh, unfortunately, his wife and son uh, accepted the award in post-mortem uh, for him. Uh, I just think they know how to make films down there. They do. Uh, another good one is Road Games with Stacy Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis.
2: Interesting. Oh, I had a job It's a
0: modern-day film. Yeah. Uh, it's a serial killer, and James Ke Stacy Keach is a he's a big rig driver, and. Uh, um, basically, there's a big rig driver that's committing murders. He's a serial killer killing women, and uh, you know there are, the cops are always uh, busting the chops of Stacy Keach because he's an American and. You know, when they pull him over they say, I wanna see your book of lies, which is his log book because <laughs> it's supposedly full of all lies right. and when they stop and rest and so on. But that's a well made film and as is a walkabout with Jenny oh what a uh, John Millian is the father. Yeah. And David Gopiel is the aborigine who leads them to um to saving them and so forth my wife turned um, me
1: on to that movie and it was just so so good then that's just yeah. kind of typical of the of the, the run-of-the-mill yeah. australian westerns yeah. Yeah. yeah wow well
2: here's one very real very honest here's one for you and again this this one comes very highly recommended and this is the one i mentioned earlier the legend of ben hall it was done in 2017 139 minutes um uh, Sony Pictures was one, one of the distributors, and the it's the story of Ben Hall. Uh, he's a, a bushranger who, at one time, was the most wanted man in Australian history. Wow! And what happened in this? This is right towards the end of his. It picks it up because it starts out. Well, this is this is the backstory, which isn't really here. Is how he became a uh, outlaw. He was a married man, had a wife and kid, successful, uh, very successful. The wife ran off with his best friend. And so, you know, he's in the doldrums. He took off to the gold fields, didn't do well, yep. fell under the influence of uh, a, uh, one of the other famous outlaws of that period. And their gang was infamous for robberies and stuff. Well, he backed off for a while and was trying to get out of it. And a friend of his, John Gilbert, uh, came and talked him into going back into it. And a, a third guy uh, joined them. And they went off on a spree of robberies and stuff. And the, the two partners, killed each one killed a constable. Oh. He never killed a man in his whole career. Mm-hmm. But because of that, the, they decided to change the laws. And it made it that if a, if a man was uh, considered an outlaw, you could kill on sight. Anybody, anywhere, anytime could kill him. Whoa. And he was killed. But he was killed before the law went into effect. So it's, <laughs> it, it was, it's killing itself was kind of uh, controversial.
1: Talk but, about vigilanteism, and, huh? And, you know, and
2: again, this, again, the Australian pension, there's a picture of the guy who plays Ben Hall, who his name was Jack Martin and a picture of uh, Ben Hall and they look like twins Wow and they did that throughout with all the other characters interesting and uh, in the inter- they started out it was a fundraiser thing, uh, uh, forty thousand dollars to make to make a, sh- a little short film uh, they raised a hundred thousand and this one town there I don't know if I have it here or not uh, yeah down in New South Wales. Anyhow, they raised the money and they, they decided they to do it into a feature. They took the little short film with all of the same cast, same crew, and added more people and flushed it out. And this thing has gone on to win awards. And huh. it just and I, I was looking at clips from it. Again, the weapons,
1: the scenery, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it blows your mind. we got to do our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. We'll be back right after these messages. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys.
2: It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay
1: where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. Ah! That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the hacienda, That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation go western for your next getaway the white stallion ranch book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252 are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I'm Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Verde in Tucson, 520 777 no, Read classic western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. <laughs> I'm Mr. Ed. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse it Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse it Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseataroundrescue.org make a difference in a horse's life that's horseandaroundrescue.org as we recognize the service of america's
2: men and women in uniform Let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to Legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help.
1: All right, listeners. You like Westerns, right? You're I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world? which westerns you think are the best i'm always ready to back up whatever i say here's how email us your picks for your top five westerns tell us why you think those five were the best cowboy movies you got any more you want to say on the subject each month we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the voices of the west program pretty simple right we want to hear from you well, we have our men scouring the valley email your list to best westerns voices of the west at gmail.com
0: i guess that's all we need to hear come right in gents and
1: check your gun
0: you check your guns here not my guns well we can't make any exceptions boys two gunmen are too valuable to kill each other off i'm hungry joe
1: It's all right. Everybody else is checked. Well, you can do it, Blackie, but I'll get my grocers elsewhere. I never heard of a gent starving to death in a settlement, but I know plenty of parties has died from a bad piece of empty holster. This is the Voices of the West. Voices of the West. <laughs> I love that song. The tin Pan Piano. No, it's uh, Knuckles O'Toole, uh, Tinkling the Ivories there. Ragtime Cowboy, Cowboy Joe. And, yes. I would love to find that movie. I just cannot find it yeah. anywhere. Its uh, streams just aren't available. It's Johnny and Mac. And there's a cartoon been, that has the, you know, one of the old... Yeah, it's a know. Johnny Mac Brown movie, and uh, I'll find it eventually. I'll find it. All right, back on Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. Aussie Westerns is what we're talking about in the few remaining moments we have. I want to do a
2: rundown on, on kind of an overview of between 1950 and now. Quickly. Okay, 1950, Bitter Springs. It was the first film to look into the land-right conflicts between the European settlers and the Aborigines. 1960, Shadow of the Boomerang, a Christian Western. Well, 1975, End of the Dam, a horror Western. And I was looking at shots of that. Whoa. And, of course, quickly Down Under, we talked about that one. And in 19... 19- Forty-three. John Wayne visited Australia, part of the U.S. old tour things, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, as recommended reading, get your pencils out, write this down: "Aboriginal Australian Cowboys and the Art of Appropriation" by Darren jorgensen This is a beautifully excellent history of uh, Australian cowboy and the Aborigine what the part that they played and that they were really the cowboy
1: of Australia up until you know probably round World War two afterwards. Wow. all right fellas we're about two and a half minutes out and I wanted to ask you uh, I either one should answer or can answer um, are you aware of is there a, a place in Australia that is like Hollywood in the United States that turns out movie after movie after movie
2: Melbourne but you go with it uh, Todd.
1: Well,
0: I think Melbourne is one and the other one is uh, is uh, um, Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane. And Victoria. Murdoch, uh, Rupert Murdoch, who owned, owns Fox, uh, well, Disney owns it now, um, Studios. Uh, I think he's going built to buy it back. A, a, huge, uh, a huge studio there um, because people like uh, Guy Pierce and Russell Crowe and Uh, Nicole Kidman all wanted to make movies in Australia and Mm -hmm. not have to go too far from home. They've shot, I think, at least one Mission Impossible there, if not another. Wow! Um, So there is a movie industry down there, definitely. Um, You know, and a lot of things are shot there. I uh, the rumor was parts of the Great Gatsby with Baz Luhrmann were shot Mm -hmm. there. Um, You know, uh, and a lot of people say, well, you know, then it's not as good. Well. If you ever watched the show on HBO, Rome—that great show—the whole thing was shot in uh, in Romania. <laughs> the whole the whole English on Romania but how do you think Romania got its name it was yeah. a colony of Rome there um, you go it's just that it was a lot less expensive the reason the show died is because the HBO execs wanted to have an excuse to go to Rome for a holiday and get the company <laughs> to pay for it so they moved the production to to Rome itself in Italy and uh, John Milius who was one of the creators um, you know contested that as much as he could but he couldn't stop the avalanche of as, as things were um, oh here's, here's but you know this happens in, in Hollywood you know Hollywood loses its power and then it gains it back and then it loses its power and are a draw and other know. people are going
2: different ways and Australia is one of those alright okay quickly Russell Crowe the true story of Ned Kelly there's like about eight or nine Ned Kelly movies out and this yeah. just came out in the last year I think okay look for it yeah
1: And uh, just watch, just go to the internet and look for Australian Westerns, and um, I'm no doubt you are going to find them uh, all over the place. A great place to check them out or to look for them is on the YouTube, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's it. So that's Just throw it. another shrimp on the barbie and put in an Australian Western. There you go. That's all the time we got for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Thank you so much for listening. What are we doing next week? I have absolutely no idea.
2: <laughs> 78, 79, 80
1: down under. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.